We need the warm up game just off stream, just to get us. <laughs> we could. I mean, we could just. Sometimes Kobe and I would do like an improv game um, right before this or that. Do you want to do mind meld? What's mind? Yeah, let's, let's do mind right. meld. We both. We need an improv you know game. Works. What do we do? do? You say word. Yeah. I say word. We both hear it. We try and think of the word between those two words and say it at the same time. And if we get this, the right word, we meld. That's meld. crazy. Okay, okay so, so you- we're both just gonna say a word. Okay. And then you two will do one after Jacobs and I melt. Okay. All right. Three, two, two one, one, t-shirt. Rainbow. Okay. Three, Three two, two, one, pride. pride. We hey, it. dude, let's yeah. go. <laughs> Holy shit, that one paid. I'm not going to take <laughs> that. I'm not going to You guys think of a different game. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one, baby. Omelet. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's something. Um, um, okay. Uh, come on, let's do this. Three, two, one, one breakfast. Jasper. Damn it! <laughs> so now you keep going. We're the last we're the next two words. Oh, oh no, it's, what is it? Jasper and breakfast? Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, <laughs> Jenna. Damn! Ham Jenna? Okay, I think we got this one. We should have this one. Ham and Jenna. Three, Three, two, two, one, vegetarian. vegetarian. Yes! Yes. Good job. Bill, do we have that recorded? (laughs) Yeah. Can we we take that as an excerpt? Welcome to the first Worlds episode of Diphoria. Diphoria will be covering the entirety of Worlds, featuring a wide variety of... uh, members across both the dive and the euphoria Talent. podcast nailed it and other people and, and other, other people and other people me. which is you <laughs> all right the people today it's available on the same places that it's always available wherever you listen to the dive or euphoria it will be available on those same platforms um, and we'll keep you guys posted as to when episodes are going to be coming out we're following the world schedule so maybe a little honestly all over the place we're gonna find out we're gonna see i have a I, question yes okay i'm immediately gonna start a <laughs> debate why do you title Euphoria episodes? You've asked me this so many season times. Season one, in, but I don't think I've ever done it on your set. That's and a I lot forget of the answer. What do you mean? Um, so, so Jack- for instance, the dive has been going for three years. Okay. So they're in season three. Weird flex, but I got it. Yeah. That's fine. Great, cool. The Euphoria, I don't know how long it's been going on, but aren't you on season four? Yeah, so- How many, how long has it been happening? So look- Four seasons. Four seasons. <laughs> how long is a season? It doesn't really, it's does that split. really matter? It's in Oh, okay. It is yeah. so- the reason that it happened is because um, so season one we didn't have video and season two we was a big swap that, okay, and so that we wanted to mark sense. that and then we're like well crap now we kind of just have to do this forever yeah yeah and so I think it's fine and then there was okay. a twist I think, where I killed Deficio and then joined and, and then it happened. had to be a new yeah. season again yeah. yeah okay you know what that's fine yeah yeah I'm we, I'm sorry for being so aggressive no <laughs> it's <laughs> so aggressive why is it season <laughs> how dare you Jack how dare you come into this house and ask questions before I even get to introduce you that's Jack, second question maybe it's just a loose bit of trivia okay who had the first English speaking I know it was the podcast? OPL it was the OPL oh, okay. podcast just wanted thank to make you sure. Jake yeah, no for joining worries. us thank host you. of the OPL podcast was the that the first yeah. I think it was. like someone really? had done it before no for an English broadcast oh, okay. for like a league hundred percent right. podcast. See, we're so mind melded. I knew he was going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of mind melding going on. Me and Jack, we got we we're, we're yeah. synced up. You guys were real quick in your mind meld. That's fair. I, to be fair, I kind of didn't understand the rules completely, to so we fair, just started again. I think yeah. I overthought it because after you said Jasper, I was like Jenna, but then I was like mm, omelet. We've ham. now peer pressured our producer Phil into editing oh, a segment no. to put in the front of this video. Well, or just none getting of this ready for this part make. of the conversation. To be honest, that's fair. 
All right, so we're coming right off of plans. Um, we're recording this on October 9th, so we just witnessed some splice. splice. Make it into groups with yes. confidence. Qualify for groups. They did qualify mm-hmm. for groups. That is what happened. Uh, in addition to HKA, we also saw Clutch and Damwon in the previous day. So before we, we jump into kind of the draw itself, some impressions from plans, because some of those best of fives were, you know, clean. Some of them had positive score lines, but weren't that clean. Some of them were nail-biting and almost a disaster for <laughs> Europe. Some of them. Uh, won't specify which ones you can guess. <laughs> so, like, what are the actual thoughts? What do you think are the big takeaways for specifically the, the four teams now heading into the group stage? I think the groups ended up being appropriately seated. That was the first time. Like, literally everyone who was seated higher ended up winning throughout the whole thing. Um, in standings of group stage into what happened in the best of fives, even though it seemed like the games themselves were way closer. My biggest takeaway was I feel a little bit bad for UOL. I think they proved they were the best team to not make group stage in winning not only two games against Clutch, who then 3-0'd their best of five, but then to also take Splice to all five games. I think that was really impressive, and they were super close. I'd absolutely agree. I also think that we're starting to learn, that especially with young international team, there is no shame in being a little bit bloodied or bruised as you come out of plans. We've seen that the last couple of years, this has happened, hasn't necessarily impacted group's performance either. So I think that, uh, you know, they're actually better off for having gone through a couple of hard-fought series, especially if you're like a team like Splice that is returning to Worlds for the first time in a couple of years. I think that this actually makes them better as opposed to seeding more doubt into pundits' minds. And I think I'm just really happy as an LAC fan to take a step back from being a world's pundit that, like, honestly, Unicorns of Love just kind of, like, had, clearly had a winning formula in game one, and then for some reason in game two just threw it aside rather than going for scaling, like, tried this Thresh-Ash-Skarner composition. Because that game was so ludicrously theory, close. it works really well because you can attack Splice and set up. Because Splice was such a slow-moving team that if you actually bring an abundance of pick, which you have Ash Arrow, Thresh, and Skarner there, that, again, if you just hit Splice first before they get to their actual set play, then you can actually cause a lot of damage for them. And I was really happy that UOL did that because I think the biggest criticism I had for these playing teams is that they just allowed the better team to get their setup. And then once you're in your setup, it is so hard to drag people out of it. So I think that UOL, that's what, to me, made them the best playing team uh, that didn't qualify for the world's main stages. They were actually willing to try and get people out of their setups, even when they were behind. And I think that shows like a really good understanding of how to play League of Legends in its current state. Yeah, just for me, I felt like they had a success winning formula that proved to be a winning formula later in the series, and I wonder if they had drafted something different in that game, too. And maybe if they also- had chosen blue side in game two. I don't blue think- side won every single game in that series, and UOL opted red side game two after yeah. winning blue side game one. Hmm. I, just, I don't think that UOL's problems over the course of the series were draft-based, and I think that that's what a lot of... Um, and it doesn't even have to be... Uh, unicorns versus splice basically like any game ever that has ever gone to five everyone always brings up like a wonky draft um and ultimately especially in that series it was noticeable that it was a it was a gameplay uh, mm-hmm. issue it was a fundamentals issue when you lose multiple barons you lose multiple elders you mo- lose multiple dragons you don't have objective control so fundamentally you were the weaker team and going and pointing out a draft is just like such a uh band-aid to what their problems were and why they couldn't go the distance. Yeah, but sure. But I'm not talking about how do Unicorns of Love be the best team in the world or how do Unicorns of Love even be better. I'm saying how and do I'm Unicorns of Love that. come out of that series on top? And better I say, fundamentals. They needed to have better objective control. There is absolutely no excuse that Xerxes should get multiple barons and stall out those games like that. Sure. 
Absolutely. And that's totally fair. Except the thing is, is I think draft yeah. is the thing that people can point at. That's like, hey, these are three different picks. This is something you could have done differently. Whereas fundamentals, it's like, you know what the finish line looks like, but you don't know what the steps look like to get there. You can't know. It's not like you go walk into your coaching room after game one. You're like, guys, fundamentals, they got to be better. You can't walk in and say, guys, we're triple banning Chachi from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're taking every scaling pick we can and we're going to rely wholeheartedly on Splice's inability to close a game. I guess I just mean that no matter how many times UOL changed up their draft, I think if you play 100 games, Splice is still going to come out on top because it doesn't matter what happened in the draft. Yeah. I think Splice, if, you, if we put a 100-game series... This is probably a bit uh, enough to do on like this this best of five and play in as we move into group stage. I feel like if they played 100 games, Spice probably wins like 70 of them. Yeah, yeah. likely. Sure. And I think right? that's the thing is it's like at the end of the day, I think Spice were favored to come out on top. I just see I see this window of opportunity for Unicorns of Love where they found a weakness and I think they could have continued to exploit it. Yeah. They tried to over the course of the series. It would not have made them a better team at the end of the day, but it would it could have made them the winning team in that series. Okay, so separate question and I always like to do this. So okay. we saw that Clutch were better than UOL, and we saw that ultimately Splice <laughs> were better than UOL. Is there any team in the best of five format that was a seed one, because they were a second seed, that UOL would have beaten to make group stage? Because I- this is the ultimate argument to your everything came out as seeded. It's like, well, the group system is flawed. Yeah. I think the ultimate uh, team that people will go to is Hong Kong Attitude and say yeah. that if it was HKA versus UOL, that... People will be like, oh, you all went to five games, so of course they would have won. So you're not giving them any shot versus damn one. Let's just start there first. <laughs> no, I don't think okay. so. Okay, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. So do they beat Hong Kong Attitude? I think that is closer to a 50-50. Okay. It's too hard to tell with these three-team groups. Yep. But I will yeah, say I this. Um, Tearwolf made this amazing point on the desk um, where he talked about how if you look at Crash, Crash doesn't interact with his laners. Crash is always taking dragons by himself. He's always invading by himself and his lanes might follow him when they're interacting. But if a wave gets like frozen against mission or uh, a wave doesn't get bounced properly, other teams will pull their jungler to fix it. Crash will not do that. And then if you you look at UOL, Ananasik will. They play very well with their jungler, and even if it's kind of bending to his will, Mm -hmm. at least it feels like in the early portion of the game, pre-15 minutes, that uh, UOL are playing full five members, whereas HKA, it feels a lot of the time that they're not because Crash actually just isn't participating. So jungle matchup, I think, uh, depends a lot there. And if there was a, a stylistic way to exploit that, I actually think it's in that jungle matchup and the fact that Ananasic plays with his lanes and Crash plays by himself. And I also just think that what we saw in the groups and for the most part kind of in that series between Hong Kong Attitude and Isris Gaming is just like the, the ability to end is difficult for all three of the teams we're talking about, Isris, Hong Kong, and um, uh, of course, Unicorns of Love as well. And mm-hmm. UOL's drafting strategy and No Man's picking a scaling pick and having a jungler that I think is more active and interacts better in the early game feels like a surefire path to success. That said, I did not expect HKA to come out as, as first seed whatsoever. And I feel like every time I doubted this team, I managed to find the win. So they're doing something right. They just had better players in key roles. Yeah. I mean, okay. This is pro- I, the people watching this episode will probably want to see the group stage, but <laughs> we'll get, we're going to yeah, get yeah. there. The play in group stage, just for the people that didn't watch play ins, was very close. Even Hong Kong Attitude nearly lost both of their games to Mega, right? Yeah. But they did win because they were better players. They had slightly better macro. They had slightly better fundamentals in some ways. Those advantages, I don't think, will carry through to the group stage. But again, every year we need to kind of do this test because teams that come out of the play-in have actually done very well in the past two years. 
Yeah, and I think that ever, ever since the rise of the Gigabyte Marines, now known as uh, GAM Esports, I think you just always have to respect the playing teams because you can never be sure. Because sometimes it looks wacky to you, sometimes it looks crazy, and sometimes it just turns out to be very, very effective, especially in best of one. But it's yeah. a very different uh, strategy to take because mm. with GAM and a lot of their success, it came from these crazy strategies that we saw Loki uh, pull out against Dam one, pulling out the mm-hmm. lane swap. And so there's kind of two different avenues here. You look at the planes teams or the planes representatives, and they constantly and consistently are better because they have cleaner fundamentals, they have better um, micro abilities and like key performers, or they pull out a ridiculous strategy where they say, we cannot compete with you on a fundamental standard League of Legends, so we must break the game and turn it into our favor. And Loki, that was completely dodging the fact that they didn't want to lane against Nuguri and try to snowball the, the Tristana. So I think there's two different avenues. I like both of them, but obviously like playing the lane swap every time or playing like the Nocturne level six gank at like two minutes in the game, very difficult to execute multiple times. True. I also just think like high variance play styles or and crazy strategies are just always going to be good and best of one. And I think if your goal, as we've seen in the past, is to like the smart team from the respective minor regions never goes far. The team that's considered to be like the best macro team domestically very rarely goes far in the tournament because I think when push comes to shove, it's hard to then... Are you talking about plans? Plans team ta- from plans okay. team Because I was going to say SKT dominated no, 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 for no, no, like... No, 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 I'm not talking about SKT. I'm saying like, because like very often like... We look at the CB law in the past, and you've heard, like, we've had representatives that have been considered the smart team domestically, and then they go up against, you know, another region, and it's just like, well, they're either they're getting outclassed in lane matchups, I or... I mean, Isris was a perfect example of that. Unfortunately, Saya and Audi had glimpses of hope, but otherwise, Saya ran it down in day yeah. one. It was just not a good look, and you can't individually collapse like that. It doesn't matter how smart you are if you give your opponent a massive lead. Yeah, completely agree. With that in mind, though, we can look. We had the groups uh, draw. If you haven't seen the results yet, I'll run through each of the groups before we start the uh, the conversation, starting with Group A. Uh, G2 Esports, Griffin, Cloud9, and Hong Kong Attitude, the most recent edition. Group B is Fun Plus Phoenix, J-Team, GAM Esports, and Splice. Group C is SK Telecom T1, Fnatic, RNG, and Clutch Gaming. Group D is Team Liquid, AHQ Esports, Invictus Gaming, and Damwon Gaming. So, just before we, like, get into the nitty-gritty Wait, of each group... is this the most stacked world we've ever had? That's a good question. Because I feel like all of these groups, because the Western teams are getting a lot more respect, mm-hmm. um, now people are like, wow, all these groups are really stacked. Like, we don't actually know who pops out here. Whereas before it was like... I feel like I have a pretty good understanding. <laughs> <laughs> but before it was like, if you got a Korean or uh, an LPL team, you you just like, okay, that's GG. Like, now people, I think, are more so on the edge of... So, like, define stacked because is this how many teams do we feel like have a like fighting chance to get out of groups in the past because i have it at like 10 teams when i was going to this maybe 11 would have the fighting chance depending on how good j team ends up being j team good yeah i think j team could be good we'll end up we'll end up i mean all right i think group b is super easy yeah. uh, i think flash wolves dominated the lms for half a decade, and then last year, every team that wasn't Flash Wolves failed to win a game in the group stage. So when Flash Wolves essentially gets absorbed by the LPL and then J-Team ends up being, like, the top team, I just, I, I have a really hard time saying with confidence that they're going to be good. They're definitely going to win a game in that group. They'll probably be second is what I have them down in my pick but I just have a hard time seeing them, like, 
pay that forward in the bracket stage, right? I think that the, you do have to take into account a couple of things with the LMS in terms of like how quickly you can recover from something like what happened with Flash Wolves. And I think proximity mm -hmm. to the other Asian regions, mm -hmm. very good solo queue environment and very good scrim habits, as well as relationships that they've formed with LPL teams and still access to very good coaching staff from my understanding of how the region works, does allow me to believe that you can bounce back within a year. And I think we've already seen that to a certain extent. Like people were saying that Hong Kong attitude just weren't even going to make it out of plans. And then they show up and they're a pretty consistent team, right? And they make it out. So I, I actually probably have more faith than others, especially in J-Team. I think that if you go undefeated in a domestic region, you deserve at least some respect coming into Worlds, regardless of what level your domestic region is at. Sure, absolutely. But I think the to Frost question, if it's not the yeah. strongest, is it the closest that you think it's ever been? Is this like the most contenders? You said 10 teams. Does that yeah. feel like the biggest number that I, we've like ever seen to actually people well, could I was, I was thinking get of, out? I was thinking of last year. We had uh, two LCK teams, three LPL teams, two LEC teams, and one NA team make it out. And like the teams that people would have expected to have like a fighting chance to make it out would have been Team Liquid, who didn't do it, Samsung, who didn't do it, which is 10. And then like, Going into Worlds, I don't think people were really expecting Vitality to make as much no. noise as they ended mm -hmm. up doing, so they mm -hmm. wouldn't have counted. Would there have been another team that I'm missing to, to push it to 11? Because if we, if we do count J-Team as that team, there would be 11 teams fighting for eight spots, which, which does feel like it's definitely at its, pretty much at its height, so I'd say it's the most stacked. I mean, um, I'm just probably just also closest. Looking through the groups, I mean, Group A, everyone outside of HKA, I feel like can make it out of this group. Uh, it's the Group B, I think, Everyone can make it out. I expect Fun Plus Phoenix to be first, but past that, I think you can really make an argument. I don't expect Clutch to get out of Group C, but any of those other three teams can make it out. And it's a similar story. I don't have high expectations of AHQ, but IG, Damwon, or TL can all make it out of the group, and that's, that's crazy to me. How much respect are you giving to Cloud9, or is this the choking story that we're taking away for Griffin to say that Group A just isn't a two-horse race? Because when I see first seed from the LEC and defending MSI champions and the best and most dominant team throughout LCK regular season for the last year, I say Cloud9 has no chance of getting out of that group. So unless you take into account choking. So low percentage, I completely agree. And I think I am not taking, it's not just choking so much as like not complete choking, but it's best of ones. It's super volatile. I haven't seen Griffin kind of adapt to an international stage yet. So I'm just, all I'm saying is there's a lot of intangibles. And I think based solely on last year when Cloud9 was in the group of death, when it was like, all right, you and NA will handshake on just both not getting out of groups and at least neither <laughs> of us have to feel bad. And they did manage to make it anyway. Now, this is even more difficult than Genji RNG. I, I'm not saying that this is like a reasonable assumption. I'm just mm -hmm. saying it is possible. So the thing is, is like, I like to build up group of deaths to be group of deaths, right? And in my head, G2 and Griffin should be heavy front runners to come out of this because you've technically nearly got two first seeds. A lot of mm -hmm. people would have nearly expected Griffin to be the first seed of the LCK. So you've nearly got the two first seeds of the two best regions in the world coming into this tournament. So... I understand I'm supposed to be on the dive portion of the dive foria right now. Hey, listen. But I'm going to fight my battle somewhere else, I think, when it comes to this I would one. love it if Cloud9 makes it through. They usually <laughs> manage to overperform the expectations, but the expectations are there for a reason year over year. And just because we were surprised last year, right, doesn't mean that Griffin is a weak team. Now, there's a lot of people. I think we should get into Griffin, actually. Give me a number on Cloud9 first before you get to Griffin. <laughs> Percentage number chains. to get out of groups. Yeah. So we, we did pick'ems before this. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say, well... This will be a conversation for later. My group A pick'em will be Griffin, G2, C9 um, in that order. 
So, so you're giving them very low then. Yeah. When Vedius and I um, were prepping Cloud9 and we kept trying to figure out, you know, why does Cloud9 keep performing well when other NA seeds tend to fall back, especially when it has kind of an ever-changing roster? And I think uh, it goes back to kind of the support staff and infrastructure that Cloud9 has really built up and that they have cleaner fundamentals. So when Vedius and I were trying to measure... Um, like what a team's fundamentals are in different categories and how well they perform to it. When you look at them versus TL, Vedius and I feel that Cloud9, if you want to call that the smarter team, the better fundamental team, are better in fundamentals. But individually, uh, talent, pound for pound talent, TL would just muscle them out every single time. And TL had uh, a much more limited style that we saw dom domestically comparatively to Cloud9. But because they had better players, they had practiced their style better, that they were always going to be the better team. But internationally then, when you're against so many different variants and you really just need to kind of fall back to your fundamentals, that's why Cloud9 would always shine. And I just wanted to like give that respect to the support staff behind C9, mm -hmm. which is why I'll never really count them out because I, I do think they're an intelligent team and know how to take information from scrims, um, fall back to fundamentals and train themselves up on international stages. So if you go back in history and look at every time Cloud9 has managed to make it out of a group where you feel like they shouldn't have, it's because they have always beaten the team they are supposed to be better than, right? Pretty much 100% win rate. So in this case, they're probably going to 2-0 HKA. And then the theoretical is, okay, can they take a game from one of the other teams? Yep. Because that'll probably put it into a 3-3 situation. And they've even had times where they've been in 3-3 situations against other teams. And then because of just how tiebreakers fell, it's like, well, I guess they're through. So that's, that's the way Cloud9 gets out. But... So to back to like your number point, 15, 20% chance to make it out of the group. That. Yeah. Could definitely happen. I just, I, I would be very surprised. I, on top of what uh, Frosty is saying, I also think that Cloud9 has had some of the best world's meta patch reads mm -hmm. ever. Like when you think about when they first brought Viga to the international stage and they were just running these crazy siege comps that you could not engage on and it like completely busted. And then as soon as people figured that out after day one, I think they like went like 03 the next day that they played. Isn't that where like the O10 that? meme comes yeah, from? Absolutely, <laughs> it is. So, but I think like I just want to like continue and like kind of build on Frost Point is I think that this is a team that has had like really good ideas when they come into the world championship and then being able to execute on them as well. Yeah. Uh, but if we talk about taking care of business against teams, Griffin being the number one regular season team in the LCK, three splits in a row. Like, yes, they lose to SKT in the playoffs. They did it both times. And there is a fear. It's a valid point to say they're, I think, one in six in their best of fives, like actual game score in the finals. And that allowed them to qualify for Worlds. It's because they've been so dominant in the regular season. And then the fact that they've, lost their coach is definitely a red flag, but it's one that I'm willing to live with for now because I feel like the thing that carries Griffin in part is how good so many of their players in Tarzan, Chovy, and Viper are extremely strong individually. And if the things that I've heard about Griffin and the way they practiced where a lot of the times they drilled so hard that they were actually trying not to talk to each other in game, like the coach left fairly recently. I feel like a lot of that stuff can carry through, even if he was a big part of it. And if he's not, then it's going to be fine. And whilst I might not be as ambitious as other people on this desk, if I'm a League of Legends team, and the only team that can beat me this year is SKT, I'm still pretty confident that I can take down Cloud9. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Griffin are all that worried about getting out I, of this so group. That's, okay. <laughs> 
Because that's what it is. Everyone keeps saying they keep choking. Yeah, they're choking against SKT. Like, SKT, even an MSI, they were real good. I do think that I... Okay, first of all, before I get flamed, I recognize what you're saying, and I agree. I have Griffin getting out of this group. I do not think that they're going to be upset here. But I also believe that um, when you take young players out of their domestic region, you put them internationally, you put them on a very different stage, very different time zone, very different schedule. It's a lot of variance. Mm-hmm. Yes. It There's can, a lot of variance with It can really team. mess uh, players up that don't have the support structure around them. And so my question is, do Griffin have the ability to neutralize all of that variance and get the domestic performance? Because domestic performance mm-hmm. Griffin on that stage, you're like, oh shit, like that's terrifying. But I just don't know what it looks like. And I'm not trying to yeah. attach the label choker mm-hmm. to them or anything like that. It's just any other team. Splice, the same question. They are a bunch of uh, very young, inexperienced players, and we saw how shaky they looked in plans and now going into groups. Damn one. I think people expected a lot more out of them. Mm-hmm. And while Nuguri and Showmaker still looked amazing, there were still a lot of questions. Canyon also has a lot of hype around him. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it is completely out of the element to say, hey, we expect this is Griffin's ceiling. They can be an incredible team, a dark horse to possibly win the entire tournament if they don't run into SKT in a best of five. Or it could be that maybe they don't uh, get the right diet. Maybe they don't have the right sleep schedule. Maybe they just are upset by traveling internationally. And then you don't get that incredible individual mm-hmm. performance. And just like, and just to compound on that, I think that those unknowns for Griffin, I think are the, the primary reason. Like Cloud9, yes, they deserve a lot of credit. And if and Griffin just has a lot of unknowns. That's like the bottom line. And I think that's the thing. It's like also no matter how good they look in group stage, we're still going to ask the question going into best of five. Right, because they're not—they're not the SKTs of the world. They do not have this track record where you're like, I trust that they will adapt to the patch, even if they go 0-3 mm-hmm. in the first week of groups. I know that they will turn it around and they will get out of groups and they will kick ass when they need to. Because I always play this game right, where when I try and decide how much better of a team I think another team is versus each other. So in this case, we'll use Griffin and Cloud9. Mm-hmm. If you told me I'm from the future and Griffin won worlds, I would say, you know what? I can, I can see, see it. it. They had a really good run through tournaments. If you said, I'm from the future and Cloud9 won world, <laughs> I'm like, how many visas went wrong? Like, <laughs> what happened here? Who could not get into the country? <laughs> Where was the power out of it? Exactly but, but right. the same thing. I'm not telling you Cloud9 are winning worlds. I'm telling you Cloud9 are getting groups. If I told you Griffin didn't make it out of the groups and I'm from the future. So you're you... saying G2 are not making it out of group then? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> if I come from the future and I'm I say saying, you're Cloud9 to be on the make side it. Of this. <laughs> You calm down. I'll get my bias in. Don't you worry, sir. If I come from the future and I say that Cloud9 made it out of groups and Griffin didn't, are you like, you're like, okay, that's believable. I'm kind of like, can you go back and delete the, <laughs> a little bit further, delete the CU4 group <laughs> All right. I mean, that's, that's group A, right? It, it mostly clear cut, maybe potentials for upsets. Wait, did you put Griffin over G2? No, I put G2 first. So my theory is until you beat the defending champion, they're the defending champion. I kind of treat League of Legends like the title belt. And I think I've been pretty consistent throughout the entirety of this. I did it very heavily with EDG, quite famously. <laughs> that Aww. didn't work out great. I still get blamed for that. What do you think about Thanks. IG then? Have they lost their title belt? Yeah, absolutely. So I said going into MSI the exact same thing mm-hmm. that I thought G2 were going to have a really good shot. And then I kind of flip-flopped on that because I thought SKT really ramped up and I expected them to win that. But I came into that tournament with no one will be able to touch IG. And I stand mm-hmm. by the fact that in that group stage, IG was still the scariest team. Yeah, they actually had the best group stage of any team in MSI history. Yeah, they people do not acknowledge how good IG were playing in that group stage. They were running over teams. And I think that... Well, what happened uh, between IG and TL, like 
is amazing. That is an incredible story. I also really hate the narrative that that ultimately means that TL will just beat IG again because mm-hmm. IG got a lot of flack for losing to TL. If there's one team they will not lose to again, it is TL. I have full, I'll say that the day that they face, I will go mm-hmm. to my grave saying that until TL actually uh, faces Invictus Gaming where IG aren't just straight running it down. I will never say that TL is the better team, even though they beat them in a best of five. And maybe that pisses off a lot of NA fans, but I'm like, you faced a team where they had the worst best of five of their careers. Now, give me one more game, and then maybe I'll start to swap. But otherwise, I'm like, it's an amazing upset, but I think Invictus gave me the better team. And I think then let's just like go through that entire group, right? We'll skip ahead to Group D. We'll kind of gloss over Group B, a.k.a. Weenie Hut Jr. uh, for now. Which is doing what, discredit what, to FBX. What, what, what was? What did you say? I said Weenie Hut Jr. What it's is a, that? It's a SpongeBob, right? SpongeBob name. pants. It's like the I chum am, bucket where all I'm the like buff guys hang I'm like two years too up. old to understand SpongeBob references. Jr. Wait, how old are you? Thirty-two. Holy! Thirty-two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you do to your man. skin? <laughs> <laughs> He's bathing in the blood of Invictus <laughs> Gaming members, just like this. Invictus Gaming members. TL beat them. Oh, there you go. That's what. It's like the continuity is just, just like dark. Every yeah. team that NA has slayed, Jack just goes oh home and he's like, this is how I stay young the forever. Uh, IG right. is the youngest team at the World Championship. I just Their average age of 19.2. That is something that someone who would bathe in the blood of <laughs> youth to stay young would know, Jack. <laughs> he's had the Afrika Freaks last year. He's just the immortal Jack. Anyway, yeah, sorry. So, I, I apologize. That's, that's like, I'm going to age out mainly because of SpongeBob references being no longer. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. You miss Spongebob? I don't... I, I didn't watch it. So like, I wasn't a Nickelodeon kid. I I'm trying watched to think it in my teenage years. An older show. Are you like, are you like Street Sharks? <laughs> Street Sharks was also I watched lit. Simpsons. Okay. Family Guy. Okay. Yeah. South Park. There you go. Good. Okay. Yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There we go. That... The cartoons of my youth just didn't That's include fine. Spongebob. You watched yeah. South Park as a kid? I did too. This explains a lot. Your parents actually. are very irresponsible. <laughs> I got like Jasper season nine as a, season Park. nine as a tenth birthday present. Yeah, it was your parents are also very irresponsible. My mom will come to this country and she will <laughs> smack you upside the head. Just, just be careful, Jake Tiberi. She's a fearsome woman. She's so lovely. She wrote me like a <laughs> three-page letter. Yeah, she'd be like, "Oh, I'm sad he said that," and I'd be like, "No." She'll like send you chapstick. Anyway. The Dracos' Mom podcast is episode two, so we'll stay on. <laughs> I love you, Jamie. <laughs> uh, all right, so Team Liquid, AHQ Esports Club, Invictus Gaming, Danwa Gaming. Is this the Weenie Huts? This is not the Weenie Huts. Group B is the Weenie Huts outside of FPX. This is, I, this is rough for Team Liquid. This immediately, you as the NA representative outside of Jake's I occasional got, bias. We got um, coming yeah. out of this. Yeah. Was this just like, you're like, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me? So one interesting thing. I think about coming back to casting later in the year is I now feel like I have a more divergent opinion from the other casters than I had mm, in previous mm. years because I haven't just been discussing everything with them 24 seven the whole year. Um, so I, even though team liquid has core JJ now and they have Jensen right now, I think this group is just super hard. So I don't favor them getting out of it. Um, mainly I think because of the way I actually look at IG uh, I think a lot of people look at IG having a very bad summer split, losing very early on in their summer split playoffs, struggling through the regional qualifier, and seeing the 3-1 that we just talked about at MSI and thinking, yeah, Team Liquid's got the edge in that matchup. 
And I, I don't necessarily think that's true because I look at rookie and IG in some ways as like a, Jake mentioned this earlier, and I'm just going to say it here, like a sports player coming back from injury. He had a personal tragedy halfway through the split. He missed like a month of scrims in practice. So he's still ramping back up. And I know where IG's ceiling is. It's dominating world champions of 3-0 semis and 3-0 finals. And I know that's higher than TL ceiling. So if they can get close to that, I just have to favor them going into that group and say that they're going to get out of it over TL. In the same time, I think that TL would be quite happy that they drew damn one. And now the reason I'm going to say Compared to that, Splice? Uh, well, no, obviously you would not want to have that. But yeah. I think that if there is a lane that they can play through, it's their bottom lane. We've seen that Dan One will struggle with this, even in playing stage. And they do have the brick wall that they can throw up in the top lane, seemingly at will. And Impact was able to have a very good performance at MSI against a very good top laner in the Shy. So I think that, uh, you know, there are key aspects of that series that you can apply to other series in the future if impact does play at a good level if he is able to you know throw up that wall versus uh Nugri, and yep. if core and double lift are able to run over nuclear in the bottom lane specifically because barrel out of lane is still very good in my opinion uh then there is a way that it's actually damn one that we're talking about which is very strange because i think that there is a lot of hype around this damn one lineup um but i kind of agree with frost that IG are one of those LPL teams that when you get them frustrated, they kind of just do like bulldoze you one game and just really flex on you and show that they are superior to you even on a micro level. And I just think when I go down the lineup, like I'm not even confident that they have a bottom lane advantage anymore. Where going into MSI, I would have said maybe after watching IG's bottom lane play the entirety of the summer split, like I'm actually pretty confident that's heavily in IG's favor now. Stylistically, I would have said that the one place that TL can really attack is in the jungle because mm -hmm. obviously you have the swap that's happening for Invictus Gaming. Which jungler, I believe that they brought both of them. Which jungler are they going to start? What are the junglers going to look like? Lahan, or not Lahans, um, Lan is like, brand new, so you have no idea what he'll look like on an international stage. But unfortunately, if I was going to pick the weakest role in TL, it would actually be a smithy. I don't think mm -hmm. that they have a, a strong jungler comparatively to the jungle talent at the tournament. Um, so it's like, normally Invictus Gaming just kind of bulldoze you through the, their superior laners and the shy rookie and now mm -hmm. Jake alluding to Jackie Love having such an incredible uh, recent performance and kind of over the course of summer. But I actually don't think that TL can then even punish where they should be weakest, which is in the jungle position. And the thing is about IG is if they play at their best, Jack can jungle for them. Like this is a team that their laners are so incredibly yeah. good that you get a Bring Phoenix Dance Udi. I might Udyr. even win World's MVP. You might, <laughs> you might have a shot at taking it. In. Yeah. <laughs> because like I, I just I just going back to what you're saying about the dem dominant world performances. Right. I do think people sleep on the fact that at the bet at their best, the shy and Rocky are both in contention for the best player in the world, and they're on the same team. And like, I mean, that's we, big. <laughs> we still hold on to this is that like we from talking to to Whippo and to a little bit of wonder talking about scrimming. Whippo has been scarred by yeah, whatever that's, happened. That's to our him. favorite story, which we bring up every time. Is Whippo's just like this is you just you just lose. You just lose. You just you just get destroyed, and you just like are left wondering. And then you take the opposite side of the match when you get destroyed again, and you're like everything I know is a lie. And every time I think I have a match it figured out, I don't. And yeah. it's just like it's so. The, Shy is terrifying. Yeah, rather than talking about controversial stuff, just focusing on those top laners, it's actually really cool that they're in this group together. In which... Yeah. Uh, Nagri versus Shy. Oh, yeah. I, I can't wait to see that matchup because if we think about Coach Kim from Damwon, I love the fact that this is the case. He's, he's basically got two players that are extremely similar to each other. This 
amazingly talented, but completely like uncontrollable <laughs> top laner where they will just feed and you can't really tell them not to because, well, he did feed, but he created a lot of pressure. So really, I got to weigh those two things against each other and I, I do kind say, of seeing who can win that matchup. I would love it if we just stopped junglers from being able to gank that lane for like 15 minutes just to see who would win. I will say that um, I see that people are giving the award uh, to Nuggery and saying that he's just the superior Vladimir, the best Vladimir in the Ooh. world. Exactly. Ooh. I'm like, you haven't watched a lot of the LPL. Like, he's an amazing Vlad. Do not get me wrong. But the Shy's Vladimir is disgustingly good in the best team fighting region in the world. Like, you want to see some crazy Vlad plays? Just go type in his highlight reel. I do not think that is a hands-down award to damn well Here's, already. What's the percentage on, specifically against the Shy, that Nuguri stops taking Kleptomancy and starts taking something for combat stats in the Ooh. lane? What if they both take Klepto? That would be <laughs> just, and they just, and they just solo kill each handshake. other. They play yeah. like Orn Malkai. Well, they they just, no, just, they just be hitting each other. It's like we we both want as much gold as possible. <laughs> that's, that's actually my You nightmare. press tab, you see the inventory, it's all just full, and they're just they're like... like yeah. They're both sitting on full Klepto items. Don't consume them. We need to go back in base and get gold for these. It's just like... <laughs> like you guys are wondering why we're like 3,000 gold ahead of the curve right now. It's just a disgusting amount of gold. It's because top lane are actually just not taking minions as they auto each other repeatedly. Yeah. No, that is going to be that, that's gonna be one of my favorite things uh, of this group stage. And to the other point, like, I do think this could be one of those groups where we see a lot of volatility. Like yep. the first time, the first time ID plays Dom one, and if ID smashes them, that doesn't mean game two. Oh, they really figured them out that game. It's just there's not figuring out uh, the way that some of these games are going to play out. Also, it's just like so easy when you're thinking about the groups holistically to forget about, even though it is a very small period of time between part one and part two, week one and week two of groups. Like historically, a lot has changed. Mm -hmm. Now, admittedly, once again, not nearly as much time, but teams with a day off to look over the games, to like get another look at the meta, to adjust, usually looks vastly, vastly different. Yeah. So, yikes. Okay, so uh, my pick'em was Damwon, IG, TO, AHQ. I think I you just repeat that one more time for the audience. <laughs> uh, I'll do it in reverse. AHQ, TL, IG, Damwon. AHQ, TL, Dan Wan, IG. Yeah. Invictus Gaming, Dan Wan, TLAHQ. Yeah, Frost, you're big brain. Like <laughs> okay, it. so it's the same. Basically, you're just saying you're going to say TL third. These are like these are your actual pickums because pickums don't need to line up with power rankings, no. as we've seen in the past. You're trying to maximize your pickum points. You got to try to figure out where the upsets are going to be. Yeah. Man. What did you have, Dracos? Invictus Gaming, Dan Wan, TLAHQ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I feel like I've said two controversial things at the start of these groups, and you haven't. You haven't made me elaborate. I said Griffin was going to win Group A, and I'm saying Damwon's going to win Group D. I feel like you're putting me on the spot. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, so do you want to know why? <laughs> okay, why? Because I'm hor I'm just, like, actually terrified as an LEC representative. <laughs> you're scared? I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. So, so the thing is, I have, like— You and Vettius are such cowards. You just, like, you hear one thing, and you just, like, immediately flip-flop. <laughs> How are you not more scared, what? LGD 2015? Okay, first You've of been foremost, burned worse than any of us. <laughs> no, no, hold on. While we're going to talk about that, because every time it gets brought up, I always get flame. A, I wasn't even on that broadcast. Yeah, you, are you were. Sure? No, you, you were definitely Wait, okay. no, that hold was 100% on. this guy. I remember Yuri, Deficio, all of them made the claim, and yet I'm the only person who gets flamed. Every time I, look, it comes up, I, I just yeah, link so them all. Do you want to hear oh, something man. even more inflammatory? 
I said this to Jet the other day, and I'll go okay. on the record. Oh, geez. Okay, sure. Jet's like, it. I don't want to yeah. be on this no, record. I remember this. I remember this. Uh, I said that if LGD had have made it out of that group stage. The one that they went one and five in. The one they went one and five in. <laughs> I'm still confident they would have won Worlds. Let it go, dude. Let it go. <laughs> it's just like, come on. But it was no, also because I've seen back to the meta misread thing. Like I've seen that happen so many times. I think individually that LGD roster was so damn good, so good. They just had a really crappy week. That's all it takes, though. It's one bad week. Yes, but guess yeah. what? Like I have faith that also, G two will not have a bad week. The only reason I flame week. you specifically is because you sat in my home in Portland. Yeah. And showed me vods and and. And preach to the good word of LGD. Oh, you mean I backed up my statements with analytical proof? Oh, yeah, no. And how much it. good did that do you? Yeah. No, it, that's all, all, I'm saying, <laughs> all I'm saying is like, you like converted me to a religion and then just later showed me that there was like no God. That was like a very, <laughs> very disappointing series of events. You're like, surprise. <laughs> None of it's real. I made it all I'm up. I'm just going to say. It's a spaghetti monster. I was in line with every single analyst. The fact that my name's the only one that gets brought up. All of you. So, <laughs> whoa. Okay. Yeah. Escalation much. Okay. So uh, let's go back then. Let's hop around, Jack. Give okay. me, give me your Griffin story. So, <laughs> I'm nervous. That's what I'll I've say. read some comments because I teased this opinion on our World's Cooldown show. Oh, to clickbait people in. Yes, I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I read a comment and someone says like, man, Jack gets so tilted whenever someone says G2 will win Worlds. I think that's totally a fine opinion to have. I think that's Because you are furious. <laughs> You're just absolutely angry at oh, all no, no, times. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can't stand this. That's a fine opinion to hold because I am filled with righteous rage anytime you tell me that EU is good. Wow, that did come out wrong. Um, I meant to say it's totally fine if you say G2 is good. I am not filled with righteous rage. But, I mean, people interpret what they want. Seething. Look at this. <laughs> So the reason... Okay, you, you, you break it up, I'll finish. Yeah, so I was going to say, the reason people are very uh, nervous about G2 is G2's attitude, I feel like. It's, it's not yeah, G2's 100%. skill set. It's just whether they decide that groups is already over so <laughs> they can have a couple of happy games. Wait, no, Here's the annoying thing to line. me, though, is I think if you're, if you're saying, like, okay, what are, the, what are the actual picks to win Worlds? It's SKT, FPX, and G2. And I swear... Everyone that I've heard say it on broadcast, generally, aside from like the episode of this or that or talking to Spawn, has been like, yeah, it's close, but I think I'm going to go with G2. So I just remember so clearly what we just talked about in 2015. I just want to say like, hey, and you're, you're scared, but I just feel like that hasn't been put out. I feel like so much of the media has just been saying that we consume has just been saying like, oh, yeah, G2 – they're the favorite, right? They got the best early game of everyone. They got five great players, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, I actually think that there's a, a high chance they don't win, even if they're powering top. I three. think for me, I'm just like on a very personal level, just like winning MSI was really cool as, as a European fan. As someone's followed for Europe for a long time. And like, it feels too good to be true that they've kept this form, that they've looked good. And then all, I, I'm so ready to just be like shattered so all it takes is yankos being like hey we're losing all our scrims into hey we're winning some scrims now for me to be like was this a fluke was this a thing that just happened one time i'm gonna tell you and this is completely a derailment but lec fans were really happy that g2 won msi you think anyone that worked with a team was real grumpy because all of a sudden, mm. all your players were bringing you the stupidest shit. 
to try on stage because G2 can make it work. Frost, you were, okay. Oh, sorry. I was going to say this is a team that I think has very high variance because of their willingness to try things. And I think that mm. the experimentation is actually their biggest strength and their biggest weakness. And if they get it right, they're 100% a crack to win it all again. Okay. Frost, what do you drop? <clears throat> I agree on that. I always get flamed for this. Visual representation on a podcast. Yep. Visual let's ex- representation let's on a podcast. So, so basically, it always goes down to variance and consistency. Can I explain what you've drawn here before you continue? Yeah, sure. All right. So she has drawn a graph where the y-axis is ability. Is y the one that goes up? Y is the one that goes up. Okay. Got it. And then the x-axis, so the one that goes across, is likelihood. So I assume this means, like, can they do it versus how good is it when they do it? Yeah, it's basically ceiling versus consistency. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and... I don't know why this seems to be such a controversial opinion, but the, my opinion is is that the ceiling of G2 is, this iteration of G2 is unreal. It is almost mm-hmm. supernaturally good. LGD-esque. But the, <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> but the likelihood and the amount of times that we've actually seen them hit it is lower than a team like SKT. So I would say mm-hmm. that this iteration of SKT has a lower, slightly lower, ceiling than G2, but a higher likelihood of hitting that ceiling. And this is how I feel. So when when people ask me, who do you think will win? I say G2, because I'm like in a theoretical perfect world, if every team is playing at their absolute best, I think G2 is the best team. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that I think the gap between G2, SKT, and FPX is massive. What if Griffin is playing at their absolute best? Ooh, that's interesting. Because we can use this argument to apply to G2, and like we actually... We've seen that in times from Griffin, but just never in a best of five. I mm-hmm. think pound for pound talent wise, um, Griffin do not have as good of players across every single role that G2 do. I think that in certain positions, they actually have superior players, but I think that's what kind of makes G2 to me so supernatural. I know people think that we're just biased and they get tired of what hearing it. What about IG? <laughs> uh, jungle <laughs> position I think is again kind of an issue and Ning is very coin flippy I think he had a great tournament or great back half of the world championship tournament mm-hmm. but if you look at Ning in the front half of that tournament literally My running man. it down yeah he ints a lot and so I got a 17 year old that's not a phrase I thought would come from you Jet <laughs> yeah. yeah he I spent a lot of time in Europe uh, <laughs> I respect it <laughs> welcome to the family <laughs> but it's like we're playing with that slim of margin and I think unfortunately the media doesn't help us like I did Probably over the course of plans and finals, probably 10 interviews. And in every single yeah. interview, I'm saying the exact same thing. But that's now whatever. It just gets printed again and yeah, again and G2 again. Yeah, G2 are going to win. G2 are going to win. G2 are going to win. But, like, the nuance of that is, again, this is going to be super close, very back and forth. I expect um, it to be matchup dependent. Like, it could just be that grabs just in drafts five times, then G2 get blown out. I'm like... Yeah, I could totally see that happening. So it's not yeah. like when I say G2 are going to win 10 times that it's like, yes, G2 are going to dominate. No, this is by the slimmest of margins that I even get to consider a Western team has a shot at a world championship. And I think that is almost like too appealing. And I feel like that draws people towards predicting them, right? It's Because it, it, if you, I, I was there when Misfits was up 2-1 against SKT, and even after SKT won game four, Dash was like, do you want a flip-flop on the desk? And I wanted so badly to be like, yeah, I want to call the downfall of Korea. So I said Misfits would win. And then they didn't because 
SKT's better. The Trundle Pillar. Right? Well, yeah, well, yeah. yeah well, SKT's the, better. In Game 4, it totally could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> right? And that's the other way of looking at it, right? So I can see why people get so impassioned about it, and I can see why I'm going to uninstall Reddit and Twitter after this podcast. Oh, 100%. Um, especially <laughs> once we start talking about Fnatic. But... As far as just G2 is concerned... Just be glad TSM is in here, my friend. <laughs> what? I said, just be glad TSM is in here. Yeah, because then they'd clearly be the highest ceiling team of all. <laughs> They're also such a likable team, G2. Like, you want them yeah. to win. When you, yeah. like, look at the content that you put the, the players put out and then, like, their interviews and stuff like I that. Just, as someone that's not from the LEC, I really like what G2 is doing. And I think that the, coupled with being a good team makes you want them to win even more because yeah. there's personality behind like this brilliance for the first time i first met yankos in 2016 i think he was doing analyst desk at the all-stars he's awesome right Mm -hmm. i think he's been a top jungler for an extremely long time and i'm glad he's getting recognition um but i also want to point out the ways where it could go wrong and i think the one thing we haven't necessarily mentioned about g2 um is i think the summer split is almost it's it's to me it's close to unusable from an analytical (laughs) perspective because Kha'Zix top, Soraka top. They were happy games the whole time. And they still won. They and, still won this one. And they still won, which definitely shows how much talent they have. But it means they had no way of practicing peak performance. Yeah. They were just experimenting for four months. I, I think Sometimes that can pay off. Like there's a chance they actually, in the back of their heads, had the read and they're amazing and they've been practicing it for, in, during the month off and they're going to crush. But like... It, it almost felt like they were just chilling and messing around, and it it is hard to turn that switch back on. Some teams can do it, some teams can't. If we're talking about high performance just really quickly, do want to credit from what I've heard behind the scenes. They've done the right thing. So they moved the player's location. That's the first thing that yep. like mm-hmm. kind of re-triggers this. They did boot camp. They've brought them back in enough time to re-acclimatize to Berlin. Uh, the players are very comfortable from everything I've been able to hear. So I do think that whilst you're absolutely correct, the support staff behind G2 has done everything as far as high performance philosophy. We've got a couple of guys that we work with uh, Mm -hmm. at my club. So yeah, I I think like that is very much on par with like the best sports teams. I think the thing is, is it's it's hard to take anything from the positives because you see them smash. And it's also worrying because it does still feel like you can take negatives away from their two best fives with Fnatic. I think that's only if on what you're measuring. So the thing is, is Mm -hmm. like analytically, okay, so if we break the team down into like different buckets where it's like micro performance, macro performance, champion diversity, and then I would put synergy. Sure. And I think it's very uh, reasonable that when you look at summer split, you can be like, that macro wasn't great. Like, what is that read? And, mm. oh, this guy, uh, crap showed up this game. Ding the, the micro there. Or, what is this draft? Kha'Zix top? Like, yeah, they're flexing, but m- there's also viable options about like, oh, I think that was a bad matchup that they tried and it didn't work for them. Um, I think at the final, the fact that Caps, Caps kept trying to play a certain side of a matchup every single time until he was mm-hmm. finally able to break it. But it's that last category, synergy, that I think that people aren't really, like it's the hardest one to measure, but actually makes G2 such a formidable, uh, I can't say it. Formidable. From, formidable opponent because, and I always credit Papa Smithy because he said it on air, but in the 0.5 second to make the decision, G2 always make the decision together. And even mm. when we saw other uh, dynasties like SKT at their highest, they over-indexed in all those other things. Their macro was amazing. Their micro from Faker was incredible, unlike the world had ever seen, changed <laughs> the game completely. But they didn't have the same synergy that this G2 roster has. Mm-hmm. And I'm not then trying to say that this G2 roster is better than the SKT dynasty because it's not true. But when we're measuring the teams, like... It will be such a disappointment if we don't celebrate 
some of the incredible things that we're seeing. We will never see a team with this type of synergy ever again in a League of Legends team. Like, it is it's, unreal. Yeah, it's highly unlikely. And I think that that's the thing that they talk about that makes them so, like, so difficult to put 100% of your faith in them is because when they do well, they do well together. The team plays, and it's like, there's not even time for them to talk about their plays they're making. It looks... I've listened to like, those comms. It's not it's like they're beautiful. talking about, they don't if I say, bounce they, the wave like, and do this, da, 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 just, da. go, it go, It sounds go, like go. any other team fight where they're just screaming stuff, but the moves are happening so quick. And, and the difference is, is that when they int, they int together. If someone goes in on a bad play, <laughs> they, they trust each other. Right? Yeah, and that's, that's the thing that you absolutely need. And, I mean, the, the casual philosophy of it is, hey, it's better to make a bad play together than to make, you know, like a good play alone. Yep. But uh, not always. <laughs> Sometimes you don't need that other guy to leap in. And I think that always makes G2 feel... Uh, very volatile but outside of G2 and Griffin I mean we shift our attention we'll do group B last wait can we play a game can we take the break halfway break can we take the, we're like we're already so deep we're like what 40, 45 minutes in 50 we're minutes like in 50 minutes in yeah yeah Yeah. we can take the break we can take the break okay, okay. before we do group B and group C so we've played this game before on Euphoria you haven't played it yet uh, never, have you played the game with like cards or celebrities you're used or to playing it's, games. it's similar to Blind we Man's Bluff we ride on the white behind you at high school Sc- I think scat- I don't know it's got a lot of names it's okay so what's interesting here close your eyes so for well, context well, there's a, a bowl full of names uh, consisting mostly of players at Worlds now you hold it up to your make sure that you don't see this Jake so the people that are watching on stream can see the name <laughs> the people on podcast can pretend they're Jake just holding a piece of paper on their head. Yeah, now you got to <laughs> guess from our clue. So you're not allowed to say player names. You're not allowed to say teams, and you're not allowed to say uh, regions. And can we say else. champions? You no. can. Well, can well he just ban all his champions uh, in the best of five. Uh. Visit Chachi. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well done. <laughs> Nailed it. Okay, Jot, you're next. This was as bad as when they gave me a collie at the. Uh, <laughs> is it, is it the right way up? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Man, Riot sucks about top lane. He would very much disagree with your design philosophy on his champions. <laughs> what? He's not actually at this tournament. He's not at this tournament. This is this one or two wild card entries <laughs> into the pool. I know what right I know. Give me wh- another I think I know, but I want you to keep guessing. Right through the counter strike. <laughs> oh, shin shin. <laughs> Why what? did you put a shit shit in here? I was like this typing names, and I was like, I'm just gonna throw in some random names. So I, I threw in Hashin. Did you see the video? And one more. Every time Hashin dies, dies, it speeds faster. up. Uh, oh man! Okay, <laughs> sorry. Right now, you're no one. Okay, you need to flip it the other way now, because now you're upside down. Holo, 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 holo. You guys give really obvious hints. Yeah, you gotta. I'm really bad at this point. game. I are you? Yeah. Okay. Lowest win rate. Uh. God, I can't do that. Is now at Worlds on his third different team from his third different region. Cody's son. Lowest, no. win, rate, region lowest, oh. win, lowest win rate Lucian in the world, probably. You can't say champions. Oh, wait. What? Oh, He's on cha- the same team God. as the player you just mentioned. Third different... I'm... Ta- are you kidding me? Played on his team, went to the final. I don't know those memes. <laughs> <laughs> he's been to world things? semifinals. He's been to world finals. Interviews. He start good, the meta in mediocre in the middle, matchup versus and good. Smeb when he changed the way Riven into Fiora was being played. I have no idea. Okay, wait, wait. Frost. Interesting. I can start naming play, all the top players. This player does yeah. interviews. They start strong and they end strong, and the middle is like Hooney. all over yeah. the place. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Like, come on. I don't know memes. All the streams, Close like the Twitch, the Twitter stuff, hate it. Mute all of it. Just take one. Is this one? Yeah, that's yeah. one. 
Is that uh, right? Flip it. <laughs> Keep it that way. This way. Um, popular streamer, cosplayer. Sitter. Oh yeah, sneaky. <laughs> I thought you couldn't say champion names. You can't. T- I think you can't say champion names. I thought okay. you might be able to. It's just too obvious. I yeah. Because there's too many signature picks. Uh, do we keep going? Yeah. Ah. Oh, wow. This is just fun <laughs> for everyone. Jesus. <laughs> oh, you hate this guy. You thought he was bad for a long time. <laughs> Definitely died to raptors yeah. in a very crucial moment you in guys the series. Are, are super mean. Uh, he's oh, a very high. <laughs> yes. Oh. The most iconic Yasuo death I've seen in a long time. Why did you? You can't give away that I hate Doinby. <laughs> These people don't follow me on social media. So the joke is, is that Spawn used to call him Doing Bad because Rusty and I were always amazed <laughs> by Doinby and his victory. And he's like, he's not even that good now. Spawn has joined the dark side and he's aboard the Doinby hype train. So, a little bit of a sneak preview for everyone. There's going to be a top 20 release later today. Mm -hmm. And with the criteria that I have in best player in the world, even though I have been very critical of him in the past, I would put Doinby number one in my top 20 players this year. There you go. I'm doing it with Vettius. He's a... Can we all just get a round of applause and thank God Spawn's not in there if he's going to put Doinby as number (laughs) one? (laughs) (laughs) Rude. Jack? You've incentivized me to ask follow-up questions, but I like there's like a time budget here, and I'm not trying to go all okay, in on is this the right way? Hype Didn't train. press hourglass. Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at these games. <laughs> Come on. We Dude, one do more for Frost, one more for me. We'll okay. I, can't, I can't believe you didn't get who uh, I like Klepto. Uh, uh, Nuguri. Yeah. I would have also gone, name you have to be very careful about pronouncing every time you see it. <laughs> Doesn't it say so I think raccoon? It's Nogari. Nogari? Yeah. I know it means, it's supposed to mean raccoon. Atlas trolled this really hard because... <laughs> he I'm, did troll us. Atlas keeps doing things where he's like, this is the Korean pronunciation. And then we ask someone later and they're like, that's definitely not the Korean. <laughs> well, it's like, it's it's between a U and an O sound. Um, Nogari. Nogari. This guy was ranked extremely highly on ESPN's top 20 list. Really good at pressing R on Kaisa. And sometimes not really great Got at pressing R. Got smashed by Reckless. Wait. <laughs> yeah, in World's Group Stage last year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Very young, was but very then, famous for his scrim record against Uzi. Yeah. <laughs> Beat Uzi a bunch when he was like 15 years old in scrims. There was like this giant bidding war about getting this Jackie guy. Yep. Yeah. There you yeah. go. Very well done. Thank you. Nice that, I, that took way too long for me. Not quite yeah. hola hola hola, but. As Come soon on, as you, you talked about the Kaisa interviews, plays. I immediately got it. I was, the thing is, is everyone's playing Zion and Kaisa now that it's like hard for me to think of iconic. He, yeah. has a he has a Kaiser skin. skin. But again, <laughs> we're really mixed up I on the rules. I think that should give it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, you know yeah. what? The rule is there is no rules. Okay. Just okay. don't look at the piece of paper before you start. What's you got? It's Jackula. I think it's Jackula. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I forgot Jackula has a Kaiser skin. Oh my God. I just, I Can have that Kaiser skin skins? with the signature and I have played it before. That's how bad that is. It's a really good skin. Can, can it is. The, the, I like the, the IG skins. All the IG skins. Yeah. It's Fiora, Camille, LeBlanc, mm-hmm. uh, Rakan, Kaisa. There's one more. I don't remember what the other one is. Oh, you got it. Is that it? Wait, did they give Duke one? No, there's one? seven. That's the Duke is the Fiora one, right? No, Duke isn't Fiora. Duke got a skin. What's Duke's skin? Mm. Did Duke really get a... I'm Googling. Yeah, this is, a, I'm pretty sure he got a skin. Because Camille... Oh, it's Aurelia. Aurelia is... Oh, you're right. Aurelia yeah. is the one. And there's no... I might be wrong about the Fiora. No, it is Fiora. It's Fiora, Aurelia, Camille. Because Fiora is the extra one, right? Because it's Ning's Camille. Mm-hmm. Jungle uh, Camille. There you go. Mm-hmm. Not top lane. That was an abomination. I'm yeah. glad that's gone. Um, 
that was Blind Man's Bluff slash unnamed naming game slash it probably has an actual name, but we don't know what it is. I enjoyed the uh, games that Jab brought more. Oh, the Mind Meld? Yeah. Mind yeah. Meld was good. Uh, I got another game. Okay, let's... Do you want to... Is... All right, yeah. that's fine. What is your most over... Like, so... You, we kind of generally have an idea of who people think is a good team. Who is your, like, most overrated team personally? So I'll start this. Like, which <laughs> team do you have? I'm doing a really bad job explaining this. <laughs> I'm not saying who do you think is overrated. It's who do you think is really good that other people don't think is that oh, good. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. okay. So it's a positive spin. Okay. <clears throat> you said you were going to go first. I did. Yeah. Then you I've, I've already looked done this. at all of us. Yeah, I already did. I, I think it's Griffin. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I've already explained it because we already had a Griffin topic, I think. I put them top in the G2 group, so that's already... And you're going to pick the team? Go ahead, say it. I'm, I, I think I'm going to surprise everyone here. Really? I'm going to say Fanatic. Is that surprising? Okay, yeah, that is surprising. That is surprising. <laughs> we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we're going to talk about that one as well. That's our segue into Group C, so you'll go last. Okay. I'm going with another team from that group. I'm going to say RNG, that people are sleeping on RNG. Absolutely. It's crazy. Uh, I'm going to say Clutch Gaming. It's just everyone's in the same... I'm not saying Clutch Gaming. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you going with? I actually don't know. I, Fnatic was the was the one that I think I could have fought for the best. Do you want the reasoning behind this as well, or is it just yeah. fun if we just float it out there and leave it to the? I ether? feel like it's prob. I mean, so that's what's going to happen in comments anyway. But yeah. just do it now for the people that actually listen. Okay, so for the people that are still tuning in and have yeah. stuck with us, you deserve to be rewarded. And uh, I'm going to go with the fact that RNG maybe still have the best bottom lane in the world when they play well, and that Shaohu is much better than people remember him being, and is nearly as good as he was when he was really, 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 really good at that MSI that one time. And what about their top lane? this is very true. The only issue is, uh, is that... Which top laner? They used di all different top laners, but yeah. Lang X or yeah. Shao Al or... Yeah, they it was Shao Al when I was in uh, the LPL. It, it means like wolf something. Yeah. Raz, uh, message me. So if... Uh, Frosk always says this the best, but I feel like I don't need to justify this guy because when I casted the LPL, he was just a monster on a terrible team. And mm. he has not changed being a monster, and now he's on a good team. He does play weak side now, however, which I don't think is necessarily strength, but I don't think it matters in a lot of the matchups. Mm -hmm. So I have him rated really, really highly. But then I feel like I've been talking about him for three years, so it's not really new for Shao me to Al? say this. Yeah, or uh, mm -hmm. Shao Hu. Shao Al. Shao Al. He's yeah. very. Yeah, Orange's top laner. It's Long X. If you're looking at like players or League PD or something, yeah. So I think it's like Long. Sh I can't. We're gonna have to get that pronunciation. We got Atlas to help us. Yeah. <laughs> he's, His he's name's Nugri. <laughs> yeah, Shield. For, for Nugri, Atlas literally Dale. said it, and like he typed it. It's like N O, like Nug. <laughs> <laughs> Nug. <laughs> <laughs> it's pineapple. And it just confused everyone because everyone's like, all right, it's just like Nug every time. And it's like, I mean, no, it's so Nuggery. Let, let's just add some context to why I think Shaolal <laughs> is good. He played with a guy called Hacker, Fen Fen, and Yoon, who no one has ever heard of and Wait. still made playoffs <laughs> in the Alpha. So uh, Shaolal's been around for a while. He was previously on Sooning Gaming. And as soon as he debuted, it was kind of the idea um, from the Chinese crowd and other Fans. Like EDG were trying to snipe this guy for a long time. They have been chasing Shao Al. Everyone wanted him because it's like he's going to be the next go going. Mm -hmm. So, in terms of how RNG lost last year with where Shao Hu and Let Me just didn't have good reads on the meta, got individually uh, abused in their solo lanes, and it didn't matter if he had Uzi or not, mm -hmm. RNG cannot lose like that again. They have too uh, far talented, and where Shao Hu is actually performing, mm -hmm. he is. Probably the most disgusting Zoe I've ever seen. It's amazing. Uh, rookie Zoe, though, is so good. <laughs> There's also scouts. There's three amazing Zoe players in uh, LPL. Um, and Shao Al, the, top, the new top laner, 
is not let me. He will he will not get smashed in lanes. He can play carry. He can play weak side. Very mm-hmm. versatile player. Very smart. So then, if we're shifting away, okay, from RNG, why Fnatic? Why so, Fnatic? So sell me on this because I I want to be positive about Fnatic. So I think that I love Hillisang. That's my <laughs> that's my statement in a nutshell. You can continue. Um, so. How much do I want to go into depth about this? I think Fnatic are actually a good team. Now I think so too. I don't think that there's a reason why their name doesn't come up for me when I'm talking about like potentially who can win the the tournament. Because again, there's a lot of variance and factors that I can't attribute to, like how will Nemesis perform. But mm-hmm. when I see things like Twisted Fate consistently getting buffs and Twisted Fate being such an amazing pick into so many of these assassins like the Akali, mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, Fnatic by the meta alone actually just got a huge advantage. Because if people don't ban this champion, like he will force you to do that. And I think A, right out the gate, that's something to get really excited for about mm-hmm. Fnatic. Um, B, they went to five games with G2. Something that I credit them a lot to is their ability to problem solve and read state of map during game. This is not a set play team like Splice where they come out of or they come off of resets, they know theoretically what they should do and try to play League of Legends by the book. It's that when you put in these changes, they are very good at playing uh, adaptable and reactive League of Legends because they have enough experience across the board and they have enough um, talent across the board that they can hit with the best teams in the world. So I think the meta really suits them. I think that they're uh, an animal that have a, a pretty clean identity and play style now that is very refined in practice and went toe-to-toe with one of the best teams in the world, G2, two times in best of five. So I think if people aren't giving Fnatic respect, that they're overlooking a potential powerhouse that has just as much right to get out of this group as SKT and RNG. And additionally, like the, the way that they prepare level ones in early games are not only creative but very effective. And I think that that's something, especially in groups... Obviously helps in best of five as well, mm-hmm. but in best of one, really they, they will win games off of level ones, and they have repeatedly in the LEC. So I made the comment that I'm really happy for people to say Fnatic is a very good chance in a world-class team if you think that G2 is the best team in the world. Yeah. So that's kind of why I'm giving them mm-hmm. a lot of respect because I can't quite put my finger on it. I also want to mention the fact that uh, Cassiopeia is just disgusting when Nemesis plays. Nemesis it. also he's like amazing. an old school Cassiopeia player, you know, like run you down and just like keep like trying to outplay everyone running at him. It's really really cool to watch. Um, so if you think that, however, if you don't think Fnatic has a shot, I think you also have to bring G2's hopes down a little bit because I think that there wasn't all that much daylight. And I've heard some things around Happy Games not wanting to give things away for Worlds and like lots of conspiracy theories out there. But I also know League of Legends players quite well. When you get on server, you want to win. So I think that they definitely we're putting like everything into that uh, whilst they were in game so I, I'm really optimistic about this fanatic I'm also super excited to see Broxa play on an international stage again personally uh, as a jungle fan as a Lee Sin fan Broxa is just one of those players that like I could watch him play for hours on end I think he's an absolute superstar yeah. so let's round that out then and just talk about group C pickums mm-hmm. um, because ultimately if if your faith is in RNG then do you not have Fnatic getting out of yeah, the group yeah unfortunately and I really want them to get out uh, so I, people are going to be like oh spawn against Europe again I think Europe like got some really tough groups I got G2 obviously winning group A um, so please bear with me but I think SKT and RNG uh, two of the teams that I think can actually win the whole thing uh, I think that this is one of those groups, however, that could be in one of those tricky three-way tie situations. If Fnatic is as good as I think they are, unfortunately, I don't have enough data to support the fact that they're going to be able to stand up to SKT and RNG. Um, but I really think that, you know, this is a group for me that I look at, and I think this is the one that I have the hardest time actually telling who's going to get out. So I had SKT, RNG, Fnatic, Clutch. This is like an analyst stream on the other side of like the group where you get to talk about like how it all went down and mm-hmm. break down like how it, it matched up because I feel like 
not necessarily that this is a rock, paper, scissors, but again, play style-wise and stylistically, SKT, RNG, and Fnatic are such different teams mm -hmm. and how they attack that I really do feel this comes down to draft, to execution, to on the day, every single time. Because I, I do think that the teams are that close just because of how different they all think about the game and they attack it. And, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe SKT just rock into this group and actually just blow everyone out. Or maybe, I don't know, uh, Reckless versus Uzi. He gets just, like, hard blocked again. But RNG versus Fnatic, you have Reckless who's picking up picks like the Garen, like the Karma, and playing so much more weak side where mm -hmm. this is no longer Reckless getting so many resources pounded into his lane where he just gets to be mini Uzi mm -hmm. versus Uzi who Karsa is going to gank his lane six times in the first six minutes. And so it's like... And he's going to bring two teleports and he's going to bring his mid laner half the time and then... Yeah. So do Fnatic actually try to get like the Zaya, the Rakans, and try to match that and survive? Mm -hmm. Or do they play like the... For example, the Garen Yumi, where Hilly or uh, Karma Pike, where Hilly just like pieces off on mm -hmm. Pike and Reckless is there just trying to like pull the doors closed. Like stylistically, that is so cool. What happens? Does Karsa break Reckless? Does Reckless absorb it? How does that snowball the game? I mean, on either side of that, you're like, ah, shit, that's amazing. I think there's an incredibly low chance that Reckless plays a marksman against Uzi. Like really low. Uh, just after thinking about what happened every time they're landing against each other. Right? I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's at least, like, a small mental block there. Well, I mean... Where he can't, like, not, not that Uzi isn't outclassing him on honest terms, but just that, like, with the history that they have, that Reckless probably psychs himself out a little bit. Well, also, the team has been more likely to do non-marks and bot yep. lanes than most teams in the LEC. Mm -hmm. I, I'm looking at seven Karma mid-games, three Garen... Or, sorry, Karma bot games, three Garen bot games. You look at his solo queue, he's playing Syndra, mm -hmm. Vagar, Mundo... He's actually getting enough non-marksmen that you can't ban out his non-marksmen no, if he gets I'm them honestly, on the stage. I'm honestly, my greatest meme dream is that Fnatic win Worlds and Reckless gets a Karma skin instead of a Tristana skin. <laughs> I think that would be like the funniest After thing. After once retiring because he said they nerfed AD carries too much. <laughs> I will that say would be his arc. <laughs> but like, um, I used to be really hard on Reckless and not be super impressed with him. Uh, now that I've been in the LEC and I've gotten to take a closer look at him, especially with like the addition to ProView, something that Reckless doesn't get credited enough is, again, people might not understand when I say he plays weak side really well, um, but his ability to make sure that the wave is bouncing, is held near his tower when Broxa isn't on that side of the map, when Hilly has to roam from the lane, his ability to time his resets correctly so that when mm -hmm. Fnatic need to make a play elsewhere that he's always in position, like the things that Reckless does really well are almost invisible to a lot of the average viewer because it's really easy to understand when Uzi's like Goomba stomping on kids yep. and like getting a pentakill and it's really hard to see when you don't give get resources and you don't get kind of time on day and map how you're able to maximize that and neutralize your opponent and that's something that Reckless does really well. If you want to have a great example of it just go back and watch how he played against IG in group stages last year of Worlds because that laning phase IG thought that Hilly was there the whole time and Hilly was there like 20% of the time and the other 80% <laughs> of the time was ganking Rookie and Reckless was still even in CS because they just the, he knows exactly when Hilly steps on vision so he needs to be able to back away as you said he's back timing a really he's very disciplined in how he goes through the steps and uh that was the worlds where i was really i, I gave him a lot more credit as well uh, i certainly think he's grown as a player so question so even though we've said a bunch of really positive things about fanatic still don't lifting see them getting, off over there yeah still don't see them getting <laughs> out of the group yeah i have I, them getting out of the group i'm getting out who of the group second you, over who rng i have what you have rng you both have, have them over Telecom, rng uh in first seed and fanatic in second Okay, so this is the group that I had to predict the upsets on. 
So you're predicting it as an upset. As an upset, I have predicted Fnatic, SKT to come out of this group. Fnatic in, in that order? Yeah. That Fnatic first. Fango. Basically, yeah. yeah. So the thing is, is I'm uh, trying to predict it in that SKT play a slower play style than G2 Fnatic do um, that we saw domestically in the LCK. And so I'm thinking in a best of one in the level ones that Fnatic prepare with the meta being really favored to them that they just grab more best of ones and would somehow pop out first in that group. Now, obviously, in a best of five, Fnatic versus RNG, Fnatic versus SKT, I favor SKT and RNG every single time. But I think in a group this stacked, where it's probably going to be like 1-1-1-1-1 one, 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 mm -hmm. one the entire time, because of Fnatic's way that they play the game versus SKT and RNG's play styles, I favor it in best of one. And trying to predict the upset in pickums and get more points, <laughs> I have Fnatic and SKT. Convenient that you have Fnatic in the top in those pickums. <laughs> Conveniently. Uh, so the, the, the problem I have with this is like, Jake brought this up at the start of the Fnatic discussion, where if you think G2 is the best team in the world, then Fnatic playing them close and best of five twice would also put you having Fnatic as the best team in the world. Mm -hmm. But I'm so uncertain about G2, and my read is that they're not coming in as the best team in the world. That pushes Fnatic down a lot for me. Uh, and then adding that to the fact of just, and this is definitely an opinion that could get flamed pretty hard, but... I mean, I just said Fnatic were coming out first yeah. in that group. Well, I feel like on the, on the EU Euphoria set with a bunch of pictures of Fnatic players, <laughs> I, don't, I don't feel, I feel like you're me. on your home turf, <laughs> and that's going to be an alright thing to say. Are you insulted by the Reckless Cardboard cutout? We can move the Reckless Cardboard cutout. <laughs> I mean, we can just put them right next to Frostcar. We can get a double with Cardboard cutout <laughs> yeah. if it makes you feel better. <laughs> I predicted the third edge, that's why I left the card back home. Baker Cardboard uh, cutout. We make a lot I'll of Cardboard cutouts. I'll take one of those. So, I do think also incredibly likely that they don't make it, like... <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's going to be... Uh, you're calling it as being a bit of a toss-up, but... Um, Ranking the best regions of the world right now. Uh, mm -hmm. I, th I think it is LCK, LPL, LEC. Those are the top three. Now, I also think that the LEC has been rated highly recently. And I can gauge this by the reaction. Even though the outward bravado of a lot of the commenters has been that they are rah-rah, the amount of complaints that I saw about Fnatic getting in this group was so high. And if you are the best region of the world, you are what makes the group hard not the teams getting drawn into it. So I think this is a hard group mm -hmm. because I don't think they're the best region in the world. And I think SKT is the best team and RNG is a super, super threatening team, which puts Fnatic clearly third in this for me. And I'm happy to be wrong. It'll create a huge amount of upvotes for someone. Um, and then I'm happy to, I'm happy to contribute. <laughs> the man those. of the people. <laughs> yeah. But just like, Jack, it's in the upvote. Just like I, I really feel almost an obligation to, provide the other side of this point mm -hmm. where yeah. the the logic of Fnatic so recently um, being considered like, oh, we're fourth best, oh, we're fifth best. Mm -hmm. I think it's a little flimsy. Even if they have great team play, if they do have experience, I think just looking at the two teams they're up against in this group, when I also have... I have all those like, things as well. Damwon, Griffin, G2, FPX, all above them, I'm putting Fnatic at like sixth to eighth somewhere in those power rankings. So mm -hmm. it's possible for them an upset, I just don't think it's likely. And the thing is, right, and like, if they, if you swap Fnatic and Clutch into t with TL and AHQ, I think there's a much more compelling argument for the experience, these level ones and things to come out on top. But when you look at RNG and SKT, these are just veterans that have done it so often. It's and true. the coaching staff has done it so often. And they have been able to play on this big stage and have fantastic results, uh, even in best of one. So I think that I I'm a little bit more aligned on Jet than this in saying that that is 
purely because I rate SKT and RNG so highly. Both of these teams are probably in my top four at Worlds. So um, you have RNG fourth, probably? Yeah. Yeah. That's so. a very fair statement to make. Uh, and that makes me very worried for Fnatic. But I would love the upset to happen difficult, as well. Difficult, difficult. I do want to, uh, as we are running out of time, I want to take over to Crew B. I call it the Winnie Hut Junior, but I do think it deserves a bit of attention. Pretty easy. I would be the surprised. The two most winningest teams coming into Worlds in FPX and J-Team domestically. Yeah. <laughs> One of those teams oh, I'm also, very think much think is going to get first seed. The other one I'm not as convinced. Also, for what it's worth, I while we're going to get a very entertaining group A, C, and D, I'm B very is the group mad. to watch. I'm very mad about these groups. B is the group to watch. No, I want anyone from A, C, or D to just move into B. Any of the top three from any of those <laughs> no, no, regions no, 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 no. should just scuttle on over there. And make it a better Well, the group. reason it would be interesting, because if Fnatic was in this group as opposed to Splice, let's pretend you could just theoretically swap teams. Like, yeah. Splice could be like, you know what, tag. Like, we're not going to make it anyway. You go do your best. Uh, I think, like, uh, <laughs> I would love to watch uh, Fnatic versus J-Team in a uh, best of five. That would be sweet. That would be cool. I'm just saying, all I'm saying is that I don't know who's going to make it out. And as an LEC representative, True. that makes this group very stressful. Wait, you don't know who's going to make it out of Group B? It will be Fun Plus Phoenix, and then... <laughs> Who did you write? I technically put J team. You technically, or you did put J team? <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, J team. I wrote down. I put Gam. There it is. You Why? have faith in J team? I don't have faith in Splice after that best of five. I don't have faith in the LMS as a whole since the departure of Flash Wolves. And I think Gam, if they've anything they've proven, is that they can show up in best of one. I've watched more J team vods than I have Gam vods. The Gam vods that I turned into, I very quickly turned off. That's the thing. You can't read them coming into it because they're just fighting all the time. Who did you have? Who do you have coming out of B? I, I, I have FPX J team. Yeah. And then I have Splice Gam. I have Gam last as well. I have Gam last as well. Oh, man, I have Gam so second. Fun. You have Gam second. I, I go I Fun Plus Phoenix, Gam, <laughs> J-Team. I put Splice's fourth. Okay, so instead of, like, I feel like we should talk about how good FPX is because I feel like a lot of people coming into this and, you know, putting my LPL hat back on, which I never really took off, but some people think I did. Uh, this is a team that won so many games domestically and speaking to Jad about it this is a team that has mm. to get on an airplane and fly to their games and China's a very big area and yeah. they're traveling and the fact that they've had this amount of consistency and that they've brought together so many players that on other lineups I was so excited to watch play the game LWX might be the best team fighting AD carry in my opinion uh, like at Worlds and that's saying something you know you've got people like Uzi here um, so I think like this is a lineup and I'd love to get your take on it Frost because I know that you still really watch the LPL like how good is this FPX team comparison to the other teams that the LPL have sent to Worlds in the number one spot and what makes them different because you know lots of people are going to know the Doin B kind of meme like you know the scientific builds but I think there is a lot more to this team it's not just a Doin B factor. Um, I think you first have to start with the names that people probably aren't bringing up because everyone will, will talk about Dwayne B and I think that is the bottom lane in LWX and Crisp in mm -hmm. particular. I think the supports that uh, the LPL are bringing are all incredibly talented and mean so much for the team. Stylistically, what this team likes to do is have winning 2v2 jungle mid and then rotate and have dive potential bottom. And so you'll see things like Early on when Dwayne B got on this team, like taking the Talon, and then literally the only purpose of the Talon there has nothing to do with matchup. It's like literally level six. You're booking it down bottom and you're executing on these dives. And so mm -hmm. their ability to accelerate the game, snowball, and it's not just like 
people use snowball almost as a dirty word that like, oh, they got a snowball off and then they just close the game. Um, FPX are a team that really understand how to snowball in different avenues. And then once they have it, they just rip games away from you. And they play a lot of games and they are very consistent and very good at it. And a lot of their players play everything. I mean, we said, you know, Talon, he also was doing it a lot with Pantheon. He's got Rise and the new Rise has got very good push in my yeah, opinion. That was old Pantheon for those of you. Yeah, yeah. exactly right. So uh, they, they certainly run the same style of gameplay with multiple different areas. And then obviously they've got Gimgoon in the top lane, who if you leave GP up, is just legitimately willing to sit and not interact with mm -hmm. anyone for the entirety of the game. Yeah, Uh I also think FPX is super strong. Just going to throw a question out there. We've had three teams go 6-0 in group stage. Samsung White in 2014, SKT in 2015, Longju in 2017. And FPX in 2019? Absolutely. If yeah. they don't go undefeated, I'll be very disappointed. Boom. I think so too, actually. I have to agree. I was, think, I was trying to think in my, my game fantasy land that I'm currently living in when we make it out second, <laughs> no. apparently. I, I yeah. think it's a realistic thing. I really think you... Uh, too much faith in JT, in my opinion. Also, the synergy uh, on all of Doinby's teams. So Doinby's played with three different junglers, maybe four. Um, so Tian, obviously, being the most recent one. And the thing that Doinby really brings to a team is his leadership, shot calling, and synergy with his jungler. Mm -hmm. Every single play, even if it feels like FPX aren't in position or aren't in the correct setup for the play, it will start with Doinby in the jungle. It will extend mm -hmm. because they are talented enough where everyone else will start piling on, and they will obliterate you. And their ability to pounce... Um, find you when you don't expect them to jump onto you is like people will call it uh, the stereotypical Chinese aggression, but it is it is like the X factor of this team. And China's wanted this guy at Worlds forever. Like even when he was on QG Reapers, like they really yep. wanted this to be a representative. They think this is a team that can do damage on the international stage. And just to go through some of the intangibles as well, fluent Korean, uh, fluent Mandarin speaker. He does his interviews in Mandarin. Does his interviews in Mandarin, streams. streams. Uh, like really great public personality for the team. Apparently, as far as everything I can see, like people love playing with this guy. People will go out of their way to do it. So they've certainly got the soft skills as well. This isn't just a great individual team. It does have that feeling of, you know, one language, the ability to be able to, you know, continue to take over the match. And I think that, that that all points to good things because we've had these questions about other LPL teams in the past and FPX, in my opinion, doesn't come in with the same questions we've had around synergy and around language barriers as previous you know, Chinese representatives. I think the one weakness of FPX or potential weakness is how well Doinby will fit into the meta. And I've talked about this mm. a little bit on the LEC and you can look back at his career historically and that's always just kind of been the one thorn in mm -hmm. his side where... Does he play what is in meta or can it fit in the current meta? If the answer is yes, Doinby is incredible. If the answer is no, he refuses to change. Is that's what, meta was real rough for him. <laughs> that's what yeah. killed the Chaogu Reapers. So like, is your Corky meta was rough for him? No, I mean, they the still first didn't time drop around, any games. When, when oh, it was yeah. like Zerath, the, the, the old. Yeah, that, that yeah. was not a great time. Oh, because he was over. actually able to kind of break through it yep. this split. Yeah. I agree. The Assassins this time around actually deal with a lot of those champions much better, I think. So. And like with things like Kiana, Pantheon still remaining very high priority, I, I'm very hyped about doing B. I am as well. And I think for, for FPX, a lot is just going to be seeing in their group. I think they're very clearly the expected favorites. 6-0 is the question, not do they get out first. It's yeah. very in, uh, indicative of what we can expect. But as a final thing, we reached out earlier today. Frost reached out specifically to ask for some Twitter questions, and I wanted to get one or two in before, before we close Before we do that, show. just really quickly. So I've got one EULC uh, <laughs> oh team coming out. And zero North American teams. Yeah, I really hope that doesn't happen. Is that happen. controversial? On this question. desk, oh. no. Maybe elsewhere. Okay. Um, because I'm... Let me ask the question. This is okay. perfect. Ask the question. All right. 
Keltier at Keltier <laughs> asks, which region has the least and which region has the most chance of oh. seeing its three teams in the knockout stage? Yeah, you're right. We should have waited for the question. This also allows me to make my point, so I can, I'll, I'll go last. You can go. You can continue now. All right, so I'll go first. So I have equal amounts of LCK and LPL representatives getting out, which is all of them. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, and I have the least amount of either North America or... VCS, <laughs> which is all of one and all of three getting out. I have all three uh, LCK teams getting out, and I have zero North American teams exiting. Okay, I'm I'm definitely I well, have three L, three LCK, and you have two LPL teams, right? Two you're LPL and two because I basically traded RNG for Fnatic. Mm-hmm. I have three LCK, two LEC, two LPL. And one VCS. I love you so much, <laughs> yeah. Dude, they're, they're going to do it. I'm actually, yeah. I'm, I'm serious. I hope they like, do for you. I really do. And this is... How much do you trust uh, Levi and Tinnikin? I really trust Levi and Tinnikin. They they've, they've impressed me in the past. And here's the thing. It's, it's that and also a very, very sorry Splice, big lack of faith in the competition they're playing against. Yep. Like, they can get... Be- Splice, if any team is going to lose a best of one, it is Splice. Like, I, I <laughs> firmly believe that. Wait, they were, like, first in summer for, or second in summer for at least, like, seven weeks. And then what happened? Yeah, they, recency. But, like, you can't just be like, ah, they can't play best of one. I'll just put on my positive poly hat and be like, actually, if you they stretch just, the stats, they're actually fine at playing best of one. If you remember game one of that best of five. <laughs> they literally only lost to teams below or above them in, like, Fnatic and G2 for, like, 90% of the split. So it definitely was not 90%. It would have looked very different. I, I, was I wasn't hot on Splice coming into this. I uh, actually predict her a Splat upset. I'll be a little bit of a Splice apologist. This is this team is a they're, – they're fine to good team, they're, in my opinion. They're an okay team. Yeah. They do stuff well. All right, I'm going to tell you what I want. <laughs> and then I'm going to tell you what I think will happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do, you, is, do you have to tell us what you want because it includes NA teams getting out? Uh, yes. So that people don't think that you just hate your own region. I do not hate them. I really <laughs> want them. I've just been... Whoever makes okay, the comment. Dracos, life is all about setting appropriate expectations. Have That's you ever fine. heard uh, the Bo Burnham song, Lower Your Expectations? Yes. yes. Yeah. If you haven't, like, it's a sweet, it's a sweet song. Do it. Lower your expectations. Anyway, what I want... <laughs> Uh, is two LCK, two LPL, two NA, one EU, one BCS. That would be the sweetest quarterfinals. It would mean that Griffin would have to get upset and drop out of that group. It would mean Gam would have to go through. And Fnatic wouldn't make it. Whatever. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Their um, fans won't mind. Yeah, if I really wanted to get like full English PR, it would have been like, I want two EU teams and only one LPL team or something. Um, but the point that I wanted to make uh, was... In terms of what I think will happen, it's three LCK, three LPL, one LMS, one EU. And I wanted to elaborate just a little bit on some of the reasons why I think LCK is so good this mm-hmm. world. Uh, because I explained it in like eight seconds on this or that, where I said Korea, 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 China, Korea, 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 China, China, Europe. In terms of who's won midseason and uh, I find it very finals. funny that you very diligently went through that and made sure it was one hundred percent correct. I'm just good at memorizing stuff. I learned the alphabet backwards in like twenty minutes. It's the weirdest <laughs> flex I've ever heard. <laughs> That's the most okay, appropriate okay. use of weird flex you have, too. Yeah. You have one, you have one <laughs> minute to make your flex. point, and then I'm sorry, people on Twitter, we have a very special guest who wants to ask one quick question yeah. before we go. And you've all submitted wonderful questions, and we're just hosing you. And yeah, it, um, I, it's happening. I'm sorry. Blame me. Uh, so <laughs> I will. I feel like Korea as a region 
mm-hmm. is just so good at esports. And in so many world championships, they've come in and not necessarily had the right meta read, and they've adjusted for week two or for game two, and they've kind of strengthened throughout the whole event. And I think the game fundamentally changed last year more than it had previously, so that generally the LCK couldn't make those meta adjustments. And even then, I think we overrate how close KT was to actually underrate how close KT was to winning worlds. Ah, no, never going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, because they were they were two three over IG, and then IG swept everything from there. So if KT wins one more game in that series, I think they win worlds. Um, and what's happened this year is I think LCK has completely refreshed. So I think Griffin being the second youngest team at Worlds, Damwon being the fifth youngest team in Worlds, the fact that none of the players that were starting for LCK teams last year are starting for LCK teams this year at Worlds um, goes to show that it is kind of the next generation of Korean teams. And if I just look back at any bit of esports history, that means they're going to be the best. Uh, I've also... I have also watched the games. It's not strictly based off of history. I think they're clean. I think they're not as fast as some of the other regions because I think they still have some dinosaurs playing in that league, right? And no matter how fast and how well they're prepared to take fights, if the teams aren't going to fight them, the game's going to be two or three minutes slower, which is what it is. But I think the teams that have actually qualified for Worlds are going to be lethal this year. And they're also angry because everyone's saying that LPL is the best. A lot of people are saying LEC is the best. And Korea was the best for half a decade. So they've had an off year, and I think they're going to be back. No, nah, I'm going to prefer to just look exclusively that year and disregard all the other history because that's what fits <laughs> okay. in with yeah, my yeah, that's narrative. Fine. That's fine. Thank you. All right, come here, special guest. You can, I don't know, you can like share a chair with me, I guess. I only have a one question for the panel. Hey, everyone. Get closer to the mic. You have to so, get closer to the mic. So Bedius. every Wait, year. Did you introduce I'm, yourself? I can't be any, hi, everyone. I'm Bedius. Um, every year at Worlds, Things never go as predicted. That's why I predicted Fnatic. That's why we all predicted different things. No, but what I'm hearing a lot of is LPL, LCK should be favorites in Mm -hmm. terms of the whole tournament. And I agree from an analyst perspective, that would be the correct choice. But my question is, of the teams most likely to be upset, which of the ones do you think that would be? I think... Of the teams most likely to be upset? Well... Splicer J team. As my prediction, I believe that RNG were the team okay. most likely to yep. be upset because I believe that Xiaohu, while he's playing incredibly well, RNG don't seem to trust him. They're like karma every game. Like this guy can play so much and they force him on wave clear priority pushing duty where he's literally just like playing ping pong with a wave. Could also, I mean, in the same vein, FPX, we don't expect them to drop a game in groups, but you could go into a best of five if this Doin B bad meta situation comes out and you could be have a situation where he's just irrelevant for I'm going to go with Damwon because I actually have Damwon super high in my power rankings. Mm-hmm. However, from what I've seen so far, if three members don't show up in a five-team sport, it's real hard <laughs> to win games. So there is a world where, you know, TL show up as a team and Showmaker and Nuggery try real hard to run around and butt people and it just don't work. Klepto does not make you enough money. You have to buff <laughs> it if, if you want Damwon to make so it I'm out confidently. Say, like, maybe Damwon, Vidi. Uh, Fnatic. I think it's possible... I don't know why I do this to myself. I think it's possible that they won five, which would be like a huge oh, disappointment. Oh, oh. So you go on the opposite. Everyone so else that would space. be the upset. Just release your yeah. personal address right now. No, <laughs> yeah. no, no reason. Listen, if we're saying it's going to be a close group and a 3-3 or a 4-2 would be an upset, is it really that much of a stretch to say they lose another one or two games? I will support They have to lose a game to clutch, though. They would. That could absolutely happen. God, it could absolutely Listen happen. Listen to the no. EU fangirl over there. 
Yulisang does like to flip the coin. That's this. That group is so volatile. If we actually were on the other side, where a clutch pops out, it'd be like, yeah, I could see that. All right, we're like because it's like SKT fanatic and RNG are all looking at each other and like trying to make these whatever. Who's gonna sit there and be like, I've prepared for clutch. I have exactly the strategy to go for. They're just gonna try to play normal League of Legends. Cody Sun also didn't die in their best of five, and Vulcan's better than I thought he was. The uh, dive part of the podcast. That group's really gonna, done a that, bad part of the dive bit. That group's You're gonna just pog. supposed to be you. No one told yeah. you to be the dive, no, by yeah. the way. You're the OPL part of this podcast. <laughs> this really is a tri-region. So like- and, and on, okay, on that note, we are horrendously yes, over time. So um, thank you so much for listening or watching. That's Frost's phone, not mine. Thank you, Vedius, for your special guest question. Thank you to everyone who submitted Twitter questions that we didn't answer i love you you took time out of your day and we wasted that 30 seconds hopefully this hour and a half that we're giving you back (laughs) makes up the difference we love you we'll see you later for episode two of world's diphoria bonanza